Welcome to True and Unpolished. Through this podcast, our intention is to uplift, amuse, and inspire you to create more of a life you'll love. Let's get authentic, everybody. Ellie, come here. No, come back here. Ellie, come on. Come on. Look, it's a dog. Look. Jenny, introduce us to, to your furry friend. This is Abby. Abby. She is a Bernie Doodle. I love it. She is, she'll be four in May. Yeah. And she just had her fifth litter of puppies. Oh my heavens. And she is done. She is officially retired. Good. So she's back with me forever. He's going to move to Florida. No. Or South Carolina. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I got her back in March because she needed a new guardian home. My aunt and my mom had both met with this breeder before and have dogs from the breeder. And they were like, well, do you think Jenny would want a dog? And I was like, sure, why not? And then like a couple of days later, they were like, so how serious were you about wanting a dog? And I was like, oh God, like, okay. You know, cause at this point I was working you know, my day job all like I was gone all day. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, how am I it's like, it's just not fair to a dog, but my aunt offered to watch her during the day. So I would drop her off at my aunt's house oh, cool. on the way to work and then pick her up on my way home. My clients love her because she's very calming. Ellie's the same. Ellie's very sweet. And she's and she married, she goes like this and she wants your attention. She just comes up to you and starts with her paw. She just starts touching mm-hmm. you, like poking you until you um, yes, she's a less ag- aggressive version of what Roxy, my dog, does. Right, exactly. Let me see if I can show y'all Roxy. She does not want to cooperate, but there oh. she is. Uh, uh-huh. um, you see Roxy? Her ears. You see Roxy? Yes, her ears are her trademark. I wanted to tell y'all a story. Can I do that now? Um undecided the magic of eight balls has undecided okay not clear yet so, well Abby's <laughs> right. wagging her tail so I'm gonna she say yes. yes Abby says yes well this story is really about Abby and her owner oh. Jenny as a dog owner myself and for the first time in my life I got a puppy when I got Roxy and she is about five now So we've worked through some issues, but let me tell you, there have been a lot. Okay. So we went to the park for a walk, the four of us people and our four dogs. And I had actually walked with Jenny and Abby before Roxy and I have a few times. And so I kind of knew what to expect there. I got there late. What I noticed was that Jenny and Kate kind of we're walking ahead and the whole time their leashes are fully out uh, and their dogs are crossing paths like uh, like crossing each other's paths mm. and when Jenny walks Abby the Abby like leads the way and Jenny just follows her so so what I noticed is that Kate was doing the same thing with Chandler and the two of them are talking and they're walking fast because their dogs are leading the show. Right. And every now and again, we'd have to untangle our leashes because Uh, Chandler and Abby would get twisted up with each other. 
Brittany and I are back with our pups and Fitz is about as wild as Roxy, Mm. except for Fitz is younger. Mm. So still in that kind of puppy stage, but, or at least energetically is like a puppy. Um, He's not, he doesn't look like one. I noticed that Brittany's stopping every few steps and she's like, heal or stay or, you know, Oh, she's trying to teach him. Right. And, and I'm watching her like in a mirror Uh because I'm doing the same thing that she's doing. I had observed, you know, two of the friends letting their dogs lead. And then the other two of us trying to control our dogs at all costs. Got it. It was just a fascinating experience. And also, you know, was a good reminder of how much our dogs have to teach us or how much our animals have to teach us, our pets have to teach us. That was our angel tribe dog meetup. That's definitely unpolished. That's what I think. That's you're right. That was an unpolished story. You agree, Jenny? Yeah. I mean, it's also, and I thought about this before about how unpolished is also very true. Yes. Yeah. You know, because again, it's like with the way that I was walking Abby. Yeah. I mean, she's, you know, almost 65 pounds. She's not a small dog. And so yeah. she does mm-hmm. walk me most mm-hmm. of the time. Yes. I'm sure in that moment we did look very unpolished because yeah. you know, Kate and I are playing like matrix moves, trying to like dodge each other's leashes and dogs <laughs> and one's walking around the other. And the two of us are just talking like nothing else is happening, you know, but yes, I do agree. It probably looked very unpolished, but deep down, it was also just true to form. Brittany and I were equally unpolished. You know, it's like, I try so damn hard to be, you know, do it right. Do the polished sort of way. And I still can't quite pull it off. Right. Yeah. And I'll tell you, that's like with my dog, Ellie, my husband is the one that's like, okay, I'm the leader of the pack. You stay beside me, not in front of me. You know, he does that. And I'm just like, she's outside. Like, let her just go sniff things. And I'm letting the dog be, you know, I'm letting the dog. And then the minute that I need her to do something, she does not listen to me. No, I have to get him. And she listens to him right away. We are not talking dog psychology today. Oh, no. Because if we were, then we are not the ones to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're not talking dog psychology. What we're talking about is spirituality and, you know, recognizing that everything is our teacher. And if you have children, if you have people in your life, which we all do to some extent. Um, and if you have in particularly today, pets recognizing that they are always there to show us something about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I have a Roxy story. Oh, good. And I don't think that I've, I don't think that I've shared this before, but, and I, it's definitely unpolished. But maybe if I've shared it, oh, well, we're going to hear it again. I had gone 
uh, to stay with Mary in South Carolina and I brought my boys. And at this point, they are six and five years old. And my five-year-old has, um, you know, special needs. I've talked about that a lot. And at this time, he was very prone to wandering. He would just go, like leave. Like people at the playground with him growing up, they all knew to look out for him because he'd just go. And he doesn't respond when you call his name <laughs> because you haven't asked him a question. You know what I mean? Like right. feel a need to respond to you when you're just saying his name. So, and I've had to look for him all kinds of stuff. So here we are and it's, I'm leaving. Mary's had to go to work. Um, and my mom is coming to get us and take us to the airport. And, you know, so she's on her way to get us. And the, I was trying to load all the suitcases myself and Roxy darted out the door. Right. And she's just like hauling ass. Like she is going yeah. fast. Well, it's a game. Like she loves it. But don't give the commentary yet because I oh. don't have any of this as frame of reference all I knew okay. I just let my best friend's dog out and I had to leave to get to the airport you know and this is a new dog this is the first time I've ever met Roxy okay so I am taking um so Roxy takes off and I don't have any shoes on but just socks right but I know that I don't have time to like go put my shoes on so I'm running out the door and I just start taking off after her and it starts to rain and I've got just socks on. And every time I'd like get close up, then she'd go again, you know, and I'm like, damn it, come here. I mean, I'm passing up a blue streak all over Mary's neighborhood and I'm just running and running and I keep going. And then I realize that I'm running and I've left my children in the house with the door <laughs> open without saying anything in a state they've never been. I mean, they've been in a handful of times, like they don't even know where they are. And then I realized that I don't know where I am. I have taken so many turns that I am lost. I have no idea where Mary's house is in relation to where I am standing. And then I realized too, that my mom is coming to get us. And my mom needs to go to a place like 30 times before she thinks she knows where it is. And so up until this point, I've been talking to my mom every few minutes because she's like, well, wait a minute. Is it, do I turn here? And what about, you know, I'm at my church. Where do I go from my church? And it's just like, oh my God, just put it in Google. But she didn't do that. And so I know that my mom probably can't find her way here. There's a plane that I'm going to, uh, that, you know, it's going to go crazy and, or not go crazy. The plane doesn't do things like that. It's an inanimate object, but it is going to take off because someone is going to fly it away. And um, <laughs> so I'm running, running, running. When I finally get her and get back, it is just a sheer miracle that my children are sitting there. They had been kind of engrossed in the TV program. And because, oh, yeah, because I started calling their names because I didn't know where I was and I needed them to like guide me. So my yeah. oldest son started calling the name. I said, keep going like Marco Polo. And meanwhile, this dog and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah so i'm trying to hold her and pick her up but she's so heavy i pick her up for a few steps and i put her down and then i'm dragging her i'm picking her up for a few steps and then i tell so i we get back my mom gets there we get in the car and i am talk i call mary and i tell mary what's happened and mary said oh all you needed to do is leave the back door open she just comes back when she wants to 
So that's my Roxy story, everybody. Well, it's funny because she actually did that today. I had somebody come over. I was letting her off the leash. And as I did, she darted away. And that's the first time she's done it in a while. But man, she loves it. She thinks it's a fun game. And I'm telling you, we went through a lot of that kind of thing early on. And then finally, I was like, it is making her more excited. And like, that's why... I leave the door open. I tried to be chill. Like I realized that she was picking up on my energy. So I was like trying to tell myself to be Zen, but I'm neat, but I'm thinking about my kids with the door open and I, you know what I mean? So it was really difficult to like find my chi, you know, get in the airplane. And yeah. Yeah. Um, and my mom, yeah, there's a lot going on. So if everything is in my life to teach me something in that moment, Roxy was there to teach me. If I break that down, the thing that stands out to me is that I am chasing what I don't need to chase because Mary told me afterwards mm-hmm. that she would have just come back, that I was worried, you know, about my kids for no reason because they were fine. And I, my mom got there and I was worried about her getting there and the plane, you know, all these things uh, that I was worried about were actually not important. Well, Mm -hmm. and life is an adventure. She's like showing you how life is an adventure. (laughs) I know I want to roll my eyes at that one too. (laughs) Like rolling my eyes at myself right now. Oh, I want to ask Jenny because, you know, she's just had Abby for a little while. Do you have any stories about how, what she's taught you? or shown you about yourself? Yes. At first I had to kind of let go of the control and learn to accept help Yeah. with her Mm. because I was like, well, I don't, I can't take the dog because I can't, I'm not going to be home all day. Right. I got to do it all myself. And so when my aunt offered to help, you know, I was kind of like, that's a lot. She's like, Jenny, I already have four dogs. What's one more, you know, (laughs) if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't have felt comfortable doing it and leaving her home all day. But I also think too, Abby has had been in multiple homes before and not to any fault of her own, but you know, she lived with the breeder for a little bit and then they had a lot going on and she needed more attention. So then she went to this other home and then that didn't work out. I was so worried about how different my life would be yeah. Because, you know, I'm a single woman. I live by myself. I kind of come and go as I please. And what she has taught me is like learning to be still mm. with myself mm. and not have to be on the go all the time mm-hmm. and learning what loving someone or something in this case, she's, she's a someone, she's like a person. Yeah, and Jenny is not exaggerating on that one. No, she's yeah. Like human. My heart has grown so much from having this dog. Yeah. And yeah. when I, when I got her in March, she had just gotten impregnated. And so I told the breeder, I was like, look, you know, I'll, I'll keep her for like the nine weeks while she's, you know, growing the puppies and we'll just kind of do that as a trial run because I was still really really anxious about it yeah and when I had to give her back you know eight nine weeks later I wept 
Like I was hyperventilating. I did not want to let her go. Remember I got to work. I was like 30 to 40 minutes late to work. And my boss was like, are you okay? And I sat in her office for like another 30 minutes. And I was just like, my dog is gone and she's not going to remember me. And, and I, cause I had to be without her for eight weeks. I think one of the things that you do really well, Jenny, is you embrace joy. I mean, I think the way you spoke about the love, um, your heart growing is definitely true, but I think the way that you just embrace the joy that she brings you and you share that in such a lovely way. Um, Ellie was very similar. We're her third home too, and not through mm-hmm. a fault of her own. We got her and I was like head over heels in love with her. Like we had a honeymoon period and we're out of it. But um, <laughs> how old was she? She was three. Okay. Yeah, that's same. Yeah. And I really related to what you said, because you said she taught me to ask for help. Like I learned asking for help you know, and not trying to control it all. And my, one of the lessons that Ellie teaches me is similar. And that is that she asks for what she wants. Like she doesn't demand it, but she does ask Uh for it. Like I was explaining to you, she walks up to me and she'll just start pawing my knee or anybody's until they pet her. Like she wants to be petted. She's coming over and she's going to ask you to do that. And she does, she asks to do anything she needs and she will come do y'all have this? You probably do, Jen. She will come and stare at me. Just stare at me. And I know that she's trying to tell me something. So I'm like, okay, is it, I don't want to say the words she's in here. I got to spell everything. P-O-T-T-Y or mm-hmm. is it T-R-E-A-T or is it H-U-N-G-R-Y? <laughs> you know, what is it? <laughs> say it all the time to the kids, to Um, my husband, I'll say, she's trying to tell me something. And I don't know what it is this time. You know, I'm just trying to figure it out what it is. And my husband thinks Mm -hmm. I'm ridiculous, but then he's, and do you know this y'all? I heard after getting a dog, um, I was listening to some podcast or something about dogs because, uh, and it said, that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do. I research. So that's Mm -hmm. how I feel. All the articles, all the podcasts. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I I have to research everything. And I was the same as you, Jenny. I told them that we would take her like for the weekend and see how it went. Like I was very nervous about doing this and I hadn't pulled the trigger, but we'd promised the boys that we actually promised them at a certain age because it seemed far away at the time we promised Uh it. And then it was there. And so, uh, but I was listening to something and The person said, and I believe it's a psychologist, but they said that people who have pets and talk to their pets are happier because you release oxytocin or, um, you know, the feel good kind of hormones when you're talking Mm -hmm. to your dog. So when you're like, hey, you pretty girl, you know, all that little stuff. The voices and the songs that come out of my mouth toward (laughs) this dog, it's nothing like I ever would have thought would come out of my mouth. And it's, but, but she is, and we dance, like she'll jump up and hug me and here, let me see if I can get her to do it. Oh yeah. Get her to do it. See, so everybody, if you're not watching, oh, you're missing out. Well, I think as far as the, the, the chemical release too, I mean, there's the, Mm -hmm. the 
the petting mm-hmm. and you know, the, 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 the con the physical contact is so important. Mm-hmm. And I think like Jenny, you mentioned you live alone. And so mm-hmm. having that physical contact is really helpful too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we snuggle on the couch at night and she rolls on her and talk about body, like confidence. Cause this, this girl's had five litters of puppies. So she's a little saggy in some areas, but yeah. she just lets it all hang out there. I love I'm it. Like if we could only have as much body confidence as this one does. That's another no good shame. lesson. Yeah. Let all the sagginess hang out. So I've got to say some good things about Roxy because y'all are like, oh, my dog's so great. And I'm like, oh, my dog's a holy terror, which is <laughs> often true. But mm-hmm. she is very sweet um, sometimes. And I remember whenever she was a puppy and I had this control thing, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, like I was talking about before when we went on that walk and what would happen is I would tell her to do something and she wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I would get so mad. Yeah. And I would think she doesn't listen to me. She doesn't do, you know, and I, I began to recognize this story that I was telling, not just with my dog, but in my life, right. she was And I think that's part of what she's come to teach me is like, she has magnified things in my life that I wasn't listening to, like my own stories that I was telling myself. And so she does have a big personality. And, um, and so when she wouldn't do the things that I wanted her to do, what I, I use that prover thinker prover concept that we've talked about. And so recognizing that story, recognizing that thought that was so negative and also the thing that I was focused on. So I could only see the -hmm. ways that she was really screwing my life up and causing me problems. And, and so when I, when I recognized that and then began to focus on what I wanted to see. Right. Then I saw these amazing things like she, when it's time for her to eat, she goes and sits by her bowl. Yeah. And she will stay there until I tell her, you know, free is the, is the command that is used for that. And whenever somebody comes to visit, she will now this doesn't go very smoothly, but what she does is she sits there and wags her tail in front of that person. Mm -hmm. And she will sit there for a while until she realizes they're not going to pet her (laughs) because that's not what people want to do. The first thing they come to my house usually, but she will sit there and it like over time, I've recognized that it, it, it is her way of following you know trying to understand what my expectations are and doing her best to follow them I remember when you got Roxy and you had an intention I'm not going to share what it was but you had a certain intention there was a little bit of energy behind uh, your decision to get Roxy and then you got 
her and she reflected that intention back to you. Right. And it wasn't a positive one. I mean, it was, and I remember you at that time, you were like, she is trying to teach me to play, you know, and I would say, cause we'd talk and there was some frustrating times for you guys in the beginning. We talked about how you know, the energy that we put into something. So when we make a decision, whatever the decision is. Just okay. Let it. me just say what okay. it is. Okay. Could you? So it was awesome. What happened was <laughs> I made a parenting decision so that I could be, you know, I, I could surprise my daughter for Christmas with a puppy, like the, the, worst decision ever but my intention behind it wasn't you know it wasn't filled with lightheartedness excitement this is I mean there was that it was there but underneath it there was an ultimate intention of sort of one-upping I would say by having that energy of wanting to kind of be the best mom ever yeah you know with this gift that that really really bit me in the ass I mean, yeah. let's, just, <laughs> let's just call it what it is and literally I mean she was like biting all the time and so yeah as I began to let go of some of that need um as a parent to kind of outdo or one up then I the relationship transformed and yes. um and I, you know, also learned how to be a dog mom, but so I'm also a chicken yeah. mom, a mother hen and, and Macy, Macy's actually, she would say she's the mom. So I'm really granny, you know, grandma, the chickens, they really are like pets and they have the most hilarious personalities oh. and they're so fun to to have you know you go in the yard and they run up to you and that they don't have arms because they're birds you know and so they're just running with their legs really fast um and they and you can just see the excitement and then they start picking at you you know pecking at you and of course they bring the gift of eggs. So that there's that as well. You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe you have a fish or something that has <laughs> some special personality. I don't know, but it's, it's amazing when we kind of open ourselves up to those yeah. new experiences, how, how we can kind of connect and see, yeah. you know, more of, of what I think we're here to see. Yeah. The same, like I was saying, when I got hers, like my heart opened up, like my heart expanded. And I think like, she has like the most soulful eyes. Like she will just look at you and she's just very expressive. What is she trying to tell me? What would she say if she could speak, you know, and just kind of tapping into kind of more of like that soul connection instead Mm -hmm. of, because there's no verbal. In truth since there is no verbal communication, there's only the connection. So everything, I mean, this is true about everything. Everything that we hear is filtered through our own consciousness. I recognize that I will think, oh, she's so sad. Like I always think Mm -hmm. that she's sad because she has sad eyes and I'm not giving her, you know, a steak or whatever. 
And I recognize that that is me telling the story of what is happening for her. It is not me like getting quiet and connecting with her, which is actually where the good stuff happens, right? When we get quiet with each other and we connect and then interact. You know, it's like you were saying before, Lydia, with um, Ellie telling you what she wants. I think another Mm -hmm. big lesson from dogs is when we give them something that they don't want. You know, as humans, we're so likely, you know, we're more likely to people please or to, yes, you know, do yeah. something that we don't want to do. Earlier, I was making a smoothie and I tried to give her a piece of the banana. She didn't want it. She spit it out. Mm-mm, yeah. You know? So it's like, she let me know she did not want that, that piece of banana. <laughs> She's very picky, <laughs> but she will let you know if she does not want something. Absolutely. Or if, you're, or if you're petting her in the wrong spot, she'll take your, her paw and like put your, you know, no, I she love wants her, her, her chest rub, you know, yeah. she doesn't want her head rub. She wants her chest rub. Not only do they tell us what they want, but they let us know what they don't want, mm-hmm. which I think is a huge lesson that many humans don't learn is how to say, this is what I want. This is what I don't like boundary setting. Yes. Yeah. And so it's interesting yes. how like your animals, like Ellie, let you know, she wanted to go outside. She wanted yes. to leave. Yes there's the truth mm-hmm. you know the truth is right there and so you don't have to question it I mean sometimes you don't have to look so you, hard. right mm-hmm. and and sometimes you might question yourself so Jenny said the boundary setting and that is really really true like that's what they're doing is setting the boundaries mm-hmm. my husband and his interaction with her and his approach to her as opposed to my approach to her I can see that you know there is a level of safety she has with my husband that maybe she doesn't have with me even though she follows me around because I'm the one that feeds her um so she's my dog there's that quote that says you know we teach people how to treat us by what we do and do not tolerate yeah. Oh, you know, right. by, yeah. by what we put up with and what we don't. And so if, for example, he jumps up and gives me hugs, a lot mm-hmm. of people don't want their dogs, you know, but she only does that with me yeah. and my mom, you know, like certain people, she knows she can do that with. Right. But if we go to my Nana's house, who's almost 99, she won't jump up on Nana because Nana yeah. has not invited her to yeah. jump up. Thank God. Yeah. She kind of understands like we set the boundary with her. Yeah. But again, it's that, ener- it's that energy. They're very in tune to it. But I think that what that must mean, Jenny, and I'm taking a stab in the dark, but she must have been trained before you in one of those households. Yeah. yeah I mean, she was three. Yeah. And she that was, was three true when for I got us her. too. Um, Ellie was like, I even had all the paperwork, you know, and we have the little shaky thing that we do if she's barking and we want her to stop and she stops like she she was trained and I think that you know I have this tendency to overindulge uh those that I love and care for actually it's everybody but I guess it's because I love everybody but I have a tendency to overindulge and to think that that means I'm loving this person and or this animal and what I've come to see is that not necessarily like overindulging isn't a good thing. And I'll give you an example because I, you know, I thought I was doing really well because I would feed her people food, but only after we had all had dinner, 
because I didn't, you know, and I'd always put it in her bowl and I thought I was being a really good pet owner, but I always would think, especially, you know, if we're eating some kind of meat, like this dog is a carnivore, you know, why am I going to take the meat, you know, and I always wash the sauce off and make sure it's like, you know, just the meat or whatever. And so I put it in her bowl and I've been doing this and doing this. And last week she, I mean, it, every day she was getting in to food. And like she ate the cream cheese that I needed for my recipe, like the whole thing of cream cheese. And she even, there was one spot we had in our kitchen, one on top of the stove where she'd never go. Well, guess what she did? She went there. Yes, she did. And my husband looks at me, he said, you know why she's doing this? Yeah. And I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> and he said, it's because you feed her people food. Like she seriously will not eat her dog food. She would like go on a mm -hmm. hunger strike and I'd have to say, nope, I'm not going to feed you any people food until that dog food is gone. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of another quote um, where Brene Brown quoted someone else. I was just telling this to a client earlier. It's like boundaries where I can love you and myself simultaneously. Yes. Yes. You know, it's, it's the, it's the point at which I can love both of us equally because boundaries actually enhance relationships. Yes, they do. Certainly Ellie taught me that last week. Can I say a Brene Brown quote that I just got a sticker of? It <laughs> might not necessarily pertain, but it's so good. Can I tell you? <laughs> it's the truth will set you free. It'll kick your ass first, but then it'll set you free. Yes. <laughs> or there's a um, another one, you know, this will pass. This too shall pass. It may be like a kidney stone, but it will pass. <laughs> so how are we going to create more connection? It could be not your dog. It could be your connection with humans, but it could be your pet. It could be non-pet, just paying attention to nature Mm -hmm. and yeah. what the natural world has to teach us mm -hmm. and show us. Yeah. I mean, what comes to me when you said create more is awareness. Yes. That was what came you know, Because all of these lessons that we're talking about with our, with our pets, before you'd asked me to come on and talk about this, I was like, well, what has she taught me besides, you know, it, but then I really sat with it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like she really has. Yes taught me a lot about myself. Right. And like that unconditional love, like I was saying, like, yeah, she won't potty in the backyard, but she is like my heart. And so it's like, to me, it's also really shifted how I talk to and view myself. Like if I make a mistake, I'm not beating the crap out of myself. Yeah. Over it because You know, she's, she's imperfect and she, I love her with my whole heart. And so yeah. it's like, I'm imperfect too. And I can love myself with my whole heart. You know, it's like giving permission to honor ourselves like we honor people that we love and but I think the awareness piece you know just helps to deepen our experience as humans on this earth um the awareness piece is what came to me too and uh thinking about how you know we can totally miss this too and it does like you said Mary it doesn't have to be your pet it could be a loved one's pet that because if you see a, an animal it could be your neighbor's you are interacting likely with an animal at some level. And so the suggestion is it's on purpose, right? Just like everything else, right. it's on purpose. It's there to teach you something. So the first is the, that awareness, like, oh, if this is here in my experience, it's here for me, you know? Uh, so, so that 
we once we embrace that, then we can get all of these, you know, insights and, yes. and the gifts of of animals and, and what they can do um, to enhance the joy and happiness in our life. Mary, you're a great example of this. And I was going to mention it earlier, but this is a great place to say it. And that is that I was with you on the beginning of the Roxy journey in which, you know, the biting was going on and we were reflecting on how that intention really kind of set you up for failure with this whole thing. And you have totally turned that around because what you did is recognize, oh, I need to be responsible for creating more of what I want. Right. How do I do that? And Mm -hmm. you've done it. My create more is about being open and willing to change Mm. what I'm doing. Right. And I, you know, I think that's different from having boundaries because my boundaries are, are solid (laughs) and, you know, like rock solid. I have the solid boundaries and, and sometimes, you know, that keeps things stuck. So, you know, being able to move, you know, open doors, move walls and being willing to change what, what I'm doing to be able to create more of what I want. Absolutely. I know that we're getting to the point of closing and I just think this is a really great way to do it. It's so similar to what you just said, Mary, where you were talking about the stone walls and, you know, the rigid kind of boundaries and she's taught you to open up and to be flexible and be willing to change. So here's the quote. Um, And it's Lewis Carroll and it's the white rabbit talking to Alice. The quote is, if you don't love yourself at least a little, if you don't create an armor of self-love and happiness around your heart, the feeble annoyances caused by others will become lethal and destroy you. Mm. And what I love about that is the armor of self-love, right? Like if you look at that, if you create an armor of self-love and happiness around your heart, that's the paradox. It's both and, right? Like create a fortress and be willing to change. And that's what, you know, an armor of self-love does for us, right? And also a way of kind of embracing self-love is allowing your heart to open, you know, to relationship, to, you know, the opportunity of more in your life, because self-love doesn't mean that you lock yourself in and like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is all I have and I'm going to protect it with everything I have. It's allowing that space for your heart to grow as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got room in there. Expansion. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Jenny Jansen, for being here once again. And remember, Jenny was on with us. uh, She's been on with us several times. uh, And she is the one who introduced us to the concept of the adult chair. You guys remember the adult chair? It's one of my husband's favorite episodes. He loved uh, the explanation of the adult chair. So just remember that Jenny does counseling what, what's the what's the best coaching. way to say that? coaching she does yeah, coaching yeah. and and uses that uh what would we call it yeah it's the adult chair model and so it's basically a model for living your healthiest life from your quote-unquote adult chair through understanding of you know patterns throughout your lifespan that have impacted who you are today yeah and learning which of those patterns may may no longer be serving you in the way that they once did 
Yeah. So then making choices to show up from your healthiest self. Where can people find you? Trueconsciousliving.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And uh, you do coaching virtually. So doesn't matter where you I are. Yeah, worldwide. Okay, Jenny, we will see you next time. Sounds wonderful. You have been listening to True and Unpolished, the podcast. Let's see what happens next.